right, folks, we want to welcome you back to another episode of On the Road to Greatness. I'm your host, Elton, and I'm with my right-hand man, Chris Cook. And we got a special guest in the house coming to you all the way from the East Coast. His name is Kofi Timothy. Mm-hmm. Say what's up to the people. Ah, what's up, everyone? Honored, yes, blessed, sir. honored, yes, able to be sir. on the Road to Greatness podcast, man. It's good to be with y'all, Chris and Elton. Definitely good to be with y'all. Yes, yes sir. Man, I know Chris can testify, man. We we always had this day in mind somewhere down the road. And, you know, even though by the time you get this, this this time or this season is already passed, but we're now coming the day after Valentine's. What's up, people? The day Ooh. of love. That's what I'm talking about. Yo, I the saw picked up Chris doing his thing. Yo, Chris, tell us what went down with you, man. Man, I actually I took uh, I took my lady out with uh, some friends of ours. We did a little double thing at nice. the garden, and it was a good evening, man. It was very relaxing, very. Uh, man, I'm just I'm so I'm so blessed, man. Because God is good. Anybody knows my God. story, man. I'm just I'm such I'm, it's just a blessing to be able to say I I was able to go out and eat. And and treat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, I must give God thanks too, man. I mean, yesterday was just a, a good day. Even things didn't go as planned. I was still able to, you know, say what's up to, uh, you know, a special young lady who will be remain nameless for now. All right, all right. <laughs> but <laughs> tell us, tell us, tell us. How, tell yeah, us. how are you going to say a special young lady and then not even be, like, informed? Like, you just right, don't want anybody right, to know. You, know you don't want anybody to know. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, yo, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. So special. It's you got to be hidden under a rock. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's the end of the day, man. Yo, it's all good. All is well that ends well, man. But all I can say, it was mm. it was really good. Mm. I can't complain. And, you know, wow. now we're about to do something that is legendary because we have two, no, three. I mean, man, we got a, the man, the myth, the legend, Kofi, man, who's about to. I mean, we got a great topic. Chris, why don't you tell us more about what we have in store, man? Well, what we're going to be really talking about, man, is a life, like living a life of purpose, you know, and that, and how that's really going to determine, you know, success. As, as our listeners know, we've been talking about starting this theme this season. We're talking about just starting something. We've talked about yeah. you know, self-doubt. We've talked about how that can prevent you, about the type of people that you're with. We've talked about dreams, visions, and 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 goals so now we're gonna really get into about what's your why what's your purpose what drives you because as we know at least i can attest that money is not always going to be what drives you and if it does you may not get the results that you're wanting to get that's right that's right yeah we're really going to delve into that and i thought who better to get onto the show. I actually I'm gonna be honest with you. How this worked out is I knew I wanted to talk about that. And then I thought, oh, we should get Kofi on the show, not really knowing exactly what he was doing or how mm-hmm. he was doing it. Mm-hmm. And then so when we when we 
approached you, approached you, you know, uh, we, if we basically right. started getting some more information out and I started realizing, wow, what a great fit, you know? So I think, wow. man, I think that, you know, it just, it was, it was great how that worked out. I won't say it was coincidental, but you know, I think, mm. I think it was definitely, yeah, I made it happen, man. Definitely spirit led. That's right. So that's, right. that's what we're going to be talking about. And, um, we're going to be, we're going to get into it. So with that said, well, hey, before we, before we get into that, let's, let's hear a little bit about Kofi and who he is. That's where the people could get to know him. Um, I know you're in law school right now. Tell us a little bit about that. Hey, man. That's right, man. Uh, <laughs> road of greatness. Oh, man. And you are exactly on it, man. That's right. You on the road right now. Wow. Boy, ain't no traffic on this road, huh? Ain't no traffic. That's ain't what's up, man. But, you know, stuff. definitely, um, you know, a couple of things about myself. Well, first and foremost, to everyone out there, I definitely want to thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I come all the way from Barron Springs, Michigan. That's where I was actually born, but I was never raised there, so I don't claim it. I was actually raised in Queens, New York City, to be specific, Far Rockaway. Oh, man. Yeah, man, yeah, man. You know, you know that's funny you say that, because when I first met this guy at the lunch table, the man, I swear the guy was from Ghana, Africa. No lie, because you claim that, too. No, same thing. Yeah, I, man, I, yeah, I man. The same thing, and then I said, hey, you know, what's going on? I was like, yo, what's up? Yo, I'm from Queens. <laughs> Yo, I'm from New York. I was like, oh, you from the Bronx or what? Like, nah, I'm from Queens. But until you see his swag, then it makes sense, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah man. I yeah, New York, but the look said Africa. No lie. But, you know, at the end of the day, yo, he's an African-American. And that's what matters, man. That's, that's right, man. Straight up from the motherland, man. But um, New York is my heart. Um, and currently, I'm in Virginia at the moment. You know, I'm in law school. I'm a third-year student, so I'll be finishing up pretty soon in May, and then hopefully get some of that big money. So uh, that's a little bit about me. I don't know if I missed anything or anything y'all want to ask me specific. Don, I think that sums it up, man. That sums it up. Awesome, awesome. Well, that was a great show. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming on. and. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we out of here. Yeah, we out of here. Thank you, people. No, oh, man, on all seriousness, what was that? I yeah. said y'all are far too kind, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Only the best for the best, yes, bro. Sir. Only the best for the best. Yeah. But God in all seriousness, God is good, man. God is really good. And, it's not and, and you know... There's a lot of things that I think God is doing in your life, Kofi. Um, we know that you're trying to be a lawyer. We know that you're also doing mission-driven purpose. And yeah. um, right. and we're going to get into that. Uh, I want to talk about why a lawyer? Why, why is this something that you have decided you how you want to spend your life because it's, it's a it's an investment you're investing a lot of time and a lot of mm -hmm. money uh to mm -hmm. pursue this field and i think you know if i were being honest i think maybe if you asked me four years ago if what i wanted to pursue i, I would probably pursue it just because i was like well what's what's going to make me the most money what's going to make me 
you know, put me in a scenario right. where, you know, I'm looking out for number one. But I, I get the feeling that just kind of from our brief conversations that that's not why you're pursuing this entirely. Uh, so can you talk to me a little bit about that? Sure, man. You know, becoming a lawyer is something that I really got into in high school, actually. I um, interned at the DA's office. This was literally uh, first year of high school, so this is ninth grade year. Um, the summer was coming up, and I needed a job. And I had a boy, his name was called Victor Buama. Uh He literally told me that, look, if you're looking for an opportunity, there's this place, it's the DA's office. Let's get on your resume, especially if you ever want to go into the legal field. And I never really made that conscious decision of going to the legal field. But, you know, I was young. I was trying to explore different career opportunities and wanted to see what was out there. So he told me about this program that's about six, seven weeks, I believe, and I was going to be paid uh, $125, $175 a week. And I was like, man, you can't get that anywhere. Right. I, mean, I was going to right. integrate. One seventy five, and it's all cash. Like there's no taxes or nothing like. Praise that. the Lord, Lord, like, Hallelujah. <laughs> and can I get a witness, boy? So I was like, you know, this mm -hmm. is going to be an opportunity. Man, give it to me. So what happened was uh, I prayed about it. God was so good. I got the job, and I told the Lord, if I get this job, my first paycheck is going to the church because He's the one who's going to make it happen. So my first paycheck went to the church, and I. And I got this job, man. I was working in the library of the uh, district attorney office in Queens. It was a great experience. I got to meet other people, other like-minded individuals. But I never really said I wanted to become a lawyer. I actually wanted to do engineering. So, lo and behold, after I was done with high school, I came out to um, Walla Walla University, the great WWU. That's where I met my brothers who are hosting, you know, this podcast right now. And when I came out there, engineering was initially the goal, but I had this urge and this burning desire to actually go into the legal field. And, you know, a couple of things that really stood out to me as I wanted to go into the legal field was when I was at Walla Walla University, I was part of what we call the Black Student Christian Forum. DSCF? Yeah. DSCF. Good old side. His side. Oh, man. You know, good time. You don't have to be black to be in the that's what I'm saying, man. You don't, you don't have to be black to be in the club. And For real. Uh, I think myself and Chris, Chris was actually an officer. I think, Chris, you was a public relations person. I was, I was like terrible. Uh, officer. I was terrible at my job. But yes, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I think you was even leaving around that time, man, because, you know, that's man, what we used to kick it a lot back then. Yeah, man, my head wasn't on right at all, but my I definitely had good intentions. Right, right, right. And we even shot like a promo video. You know, we did. We, yeah, we really wanted to make BSC up a thing. I remember we sat down, we had this video. I think that video's still on YouTube somewhere. But yeah, we like, yeah. we gonna make this epic. We gonna make it a year. Yeah. I'll never forget it, man. Cause I remember Pedrito went in at the end of it, man. Pedrito, I love you. Yeah, <laughs> but um. <laughs> I really need to cut that down. Oh, man. My editing schedule is so, so bad. For those who don't know Pedrito, he's a professor uh, at Walla Walla University of Religion. So they, just a little context there. That's right. That's right, man. And that's, uh, that's maybe my godfather, mentor, man. My, my everything yes, right there. Yes, sir. So the energy I, button. I, got, I got part of this club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Energy button. And if you see that video that Chris and I worked on, um, Man, you see all the energy he had in that and more. So, 
Uh, literally, I was part of that club, and um, as I was in it, I really got involved with obviously um, organizing events on campus. And through all of the civic engagement I was kind of doing with the club, it really kind of fueled my passion and my burning desire to go into law. That was one of the reasons. You know, just being involved with the people, civic engagement, community development, and uplifting people. So yeah. one of the areas as to why I wanted to come into law was social adv- advocacy. And I'll never forget Wallowell University. I wasn't really a dark time. And Elton, you might remember this. I'll never forget mm-hmm. where there was like a racist article that was in the Walla Walla University, um, the Collegian. Yes, the Collegian. And I remember mm-hmm. man, a whole bunch of the black students got into an uproar about it. And I was the president of the club at this time. And it was like I had a duty to go and speak to the people and try to get the situation, you know, all uh, together. So I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? How are we going to make this work? How can we bend and mend the relationships better on campus? I'll never forget, right. I went in there, talked to them, and God was so good. We actually came out with a newspaper article. I was, myself and a couple others, it was a diverse group of people, we were on the front um, page of the article and making a statement of diversity and coming together. And now, all these things I'm saying, because these are my early beginnings of why I wanted to go into law school, because number one, social advocacy. I felt like I was so passionate about doing this because when this incident happened on campus, I didn't need to go and speak up and talk to these people and figure out how we can have better relations with one another. But it was almost that natural feel that, look, I love social advocacy. This is what I need to do. And it's from then on, man, um, that was one of my burning desires to actually go into the legal field. So I ended up switching my degree as I was in this club. And another reason why I also wanted to really become a lawyer was voice for the voiceless. And I, I say this in the best way possible, as a person who's Seventh-day Adventist, I thought that one of the best ways for me to be a minister unto other people and to evangelize is becoming a lawyer. Because a lot of people yeah. in this world who are probably not into religion, who are not into Christianity, or who don't believe in God necessarily, when they have situations that they cannot fix, we in our Adventist world, we can go and talk to our pastor. You know, as the Bible says, talk to a friend. If a friend can't get it together, then you go and get a third party. All these different yeah. things before you actually possibly go into the legal system. But a lot of people in the world that we live in today, they are in positions where they don't have a God, they don't have a church fan that they can talk to, and for them to resolve issues is going through the legal system. And I felt That's that right. for me, if I want to be a voice for these voiceless individuals, if I want to minister to these people, being in the legal field allows me to do that. I can combine my Adventist background and my legal background, and I can effectuate change. And then another reason why I also love the law as well is oral advocacy. Um, one thing I love is speaking, preaching, motivating people. And I felt that especially with those natural skills that I have, I can definitely be an effective lawyer and we can effectuate change in the world that we're in. So all these different things are what led me to actually become a lawyer. And on top of that, you know, I'm of Ghanaian descent. And one of the things that always holds dear to me and becoming a lawyer was my parents came here um, literally, you know, next to nothing. They were coming from Ghana, obviously looking for a better opportunity. And God is so good. You know, I was obviously born here because of their dedication, their hard work for a better living. And as you know, immigrants in this country go through a lot of different things. Some of them, you know, are here illegally, uh, but they're here because obviously they want better situations. And especially me of a Ghanaian background, Ghanaian heritage, 
I can help these people um, who are facing immigration issues and who want to assimilate into this culture. So that was another reason I want to become a lawyer. And then I know I'm saying a lot of things, but just one more that I'll give you all as to my passion in becoming a, a lawyer was, um, especially with the injustice around us, you know, I kind of talked about social advocacy, but the injustice, um, a lot of people who are my color, um, African-Americans, are at the um, injustice of our social justice system. And the whole thing is that, you know, especially with today's era, we've seen it, cops um, beating on African-Americans, African-Americans falsely accused of crime. I felt that me coming from far Rockaway, New York, where I've seen these things firsthand, uh, where I've seen several um, people being busted by the police for no reason, without a warrant, all these different things, I thought that I could be in the position as a lawyer to effectuate and be a champion uh, for mm. African-Americans and people of black skin color that have been disprivileged. Mm. So yeah, that's mm. why I wanted to become a lawyer. Wow. Absolutely. That was a handful, but man, let me think on that. Chris, you take it away, man. Woo. I mean, <laughs> well, we talk about, we talk chill, about chill. life with purpose and I mean, he's got, He's got, he definitely has his, his purpose figured out. You've got your purpose figured out. Yeah, um, I don't so, know about you. Oh, yeah. go ahead. <clears throat> no, go ahead. Yeah, let, let me add the purpose real quick. Let, let me add the purpose real quick, man. And, you know, this is something that really defined my purpose as becoming a lawyer. You know, the one thing in life you have to realize, people have passion and people have purpose. And sometimes you have to understand your passion may not always be your purpose. And that's something that you know, I had to really dig down and bottle down like, okay, I have a passion, but is this really what God wants to do for me? And I felt that mm. God spoke to me like, Kofi, you with your passion and with what you want to do to advocate change, combine those two things together. God bless that talent, that gift. And that's why I wanted to become a lawyer. So one of the biggest things is uh, passion and purpose, man. Your passion may not always be your purpose, but if you find God is calling you with your passion, you definitely find a purpose in your passion. So sometimes I want to add. So at, at what point? At what point then did you realize that? At what point did God tell you? Like did did what? At what point did you feel like God was telling you this? Yeah, it it happened in college, and I always say this in college, and I always give credit to Walla Walla University. Walla Walla University exposed me and helped me define some skills that I didn't know I had. Mm -hmm. um, naturally, I didn't even like, I didn't like speaking like that. You know, I, I never thought today, you know, I'm preaching in different places. You know, I sometimes speak at schools, retreats. Walla Walla University kind of prepared me for that. Um, you know, Walla Walla University also prepared me for civic engagement. So when I, when I got to school, you know, I, I wanted to do engineering, but it was kind of like, you know, it was the fashion or the, the trend almost in a way. Because when you go to Walla Walla University, the trend is, you know, to do engineering, especially when you're African-American. Because who would come all the way from the East Coast, you know, all the way to Walla Walla University? Typically, you know, someone of my skin color will go to WAU, Washington Advanced University, or Oakwood. But, you know, right. when I got there and I started seeing how my gifts were being, were coming into fruition, it sparked that residence or that change in me that the law is where I need to go. So it really is at Walla Walla University through my time in BSCF, Berean, and, uh, you know, the different committees I was a part of that spoke to me that I needed to come to So it actually really happened in Walla Walla because high school, those gifts weren't really there. I mean, Absolutely. I could do it at church, but it was not something that I could do it outside of that. But Walla Walla University exposed me to leadership. 
exposed me to networking, exposed me to being a voice for the students. All those different things is what lawyers do, and that's where Walla Walla University prepared me for that. And because of that, you know, especially in my legal journey, it's been such a smooth ride. You know, I didn't come in here um, questioning my call. Absolutely. Right. You know, and I really want to drop that home because, um, like, there's a lot of, there's a lot, as you know, the average college student that comes out of college, uh, the likelihood of them getting a job in their career field is tough. Uh, there's a lot mm -hmm. of students out there oh, that yeah. are going through it. And so the question goes around as to why go to college if you're just going to come out and you're not going to be able to do what you wanted to do. But I really want to drive home that there's a lot of things happening in the college realm that you're building on than just a job. And, and it's like, so and I really want to drive that home in terms of, you know, your purpose for a job and then you figuring out what your purpose is for something bigger. You see what I'm saying? Like, so even though you're still trying right. to, you know, you get your, you know, get to the point to where you're going to start being a lawyer, you know, Elton and I, you know, we've been, we graduated Walla Walla University as well. And we're now getting to a point, at least for myself, I can speak to my, to myself, you know, in the last few years, I've been getting to this point now where I've been asking myself these questions that I would have never asked had I not gone to Walla Walla University and been surrounded by the people that I was surrounded by. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have asked myself right. those questions. That, those, that would have never happened. Right. I think I would, have, I would have gone down a different road and maybe one where I wouldn't For be sure. today on this podcast. So I really want to drive that home because that's so important um, because there's a lot of like, you know, debates as to why, why go to school, you know, why why do that? And I think I, I want to drive that home because you just told us why. You've got to figure out what your purpose is. You've got to get a closer relationship uh, with networking and people and, and with God. So I really mm -hmm. want to drive that home. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, you know, just to add to what both of you guys said, you know, college, I remember sitting down in 12th grade back home in the U.S. Virgin Islands, and I remember this guy said, listen, even if you don't know what you want to be or to study, still go to college because the people who you're going to meet, that is the value in its own, it, that's just a value in its own self. And I can say, going to Walla Walla University, it was just like a breeding ground for creative minds, where you 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 see some some really bright minds come up with some fantastic ideas. It's like, whoa, is that even possible? Man, I didn't even know this could operate like that. Oh, I didn't even know this could have been done. All in Walla Walla, man. You you, I know we had. I mean, Kofi had a way of just finding you know some great talented like the next rapper who could rap 35 words in a minute yeah. or something you know what i'm talking about we're talking about our boy kevin yeah man you yeah, know man. what i mean kevin, big uh -huh. up kevin yo this guy was really good yes, sir, man yes, sir. and you know yes, me you myself you know um i found some great musical genius you know right now we i'm talking about zach the saxophonist guy he can play the alto the soprano, the tenor, you name it, man. Right. The guy is um, a, yeah, a I remember whiz. And, you know, you, you, you find all these talents, but you will never, I mean, not to say you can't find them in the world, but, you know, you find so many diverse talents all under one roof, and it's just harnessed so well. 
and you grow in so many ways. I mean, I learned a lot about leadership too, Berean. Um, you know, even from my, my um Kofi. You know, he he literally like took me on the wings and said, "Listen, let me show you how it's done stateside." <laughs> because I was just an island boy coming with my own ideas, and it's like, man, I don't know what these people are doing up here. You know. But you learn so much, and, and and especially in how you know how to 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 create a platform to build your not only a reputation but also your legacy, and and you know and and right. it all leads to finding your purpose. Absolutely, right. absolutely, and you know I I told Elton this we were talking the other day, and I said to be honest, I remember. Kofi, you know, you and I, we would, we would talk and you would say, oh, you know, I'm going to be speaking at this event or I'm trying to be president here. Or You had big goals. You had really big goals. Right, right. And I remember I used to look at that. I never told you, but I'm going to tell you now. I used to think, wow, OK, this guy really <laughs> wants to put himself up there. Like, is he conceited or something like that? Like, he's he really just wants to make him <laughs> known. You know what I mean? I really I swear to you, I used to think so. <laughs> But I was, I was still kicking. I was like, I still kick it with him. But man, he's like, man, he's just ultra defeated. <laughs> but that's the thing where I think I missed out because I was only thinking about me. Like, I think that, I think that our thoughts on people kind of represent a little bit on how we think. I do believe that mm -hmm. sometimes. Right. And so I think that maybe right. if I were to, right. if I were to do what you were doing, then maybe that was my motivation. But, but. That was at that time. That was my mindset. But what's nice to hear. Hey, you know what, Chris? Uh-huh. I, 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 I interjected into your story real quick. And I and I never forget this, Asha. And I want to share this. I don't know. You probably don't remember this. But I know, you know, a lot of times, I think you had this red car, man. You remember? Was it like a, uh, like yeah, a the red, the red Chevy Blazer. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I know we, we used to kick it a lot in that car, man. You know, we would yeah. some Mac Miller, you know, rest in peace to his soul, man. Yeah, And yeah. Uh, sometimes we'll go out to eat. But, you know, and, you know, you're talking about all these things I used to tell you, all these big things. And, and the reason I would say one of those was, man, you were a listener. And, and, that, and that's one of the things I love, man, because, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, you want someone to listen to your ideas so you can feel good and, you know, this guy's really with me. If he understands my vision, I'm pretty sure other people will understand my vision, man. So, you know, just uh, to, to um, address what you were talking about, man, I think a lot of times, especially in the journey, especially in school, you have people who are also willing to listen to you. So, yeah, you may come up as conceited or things of that nature, but sometimes, man, the people who listen to you, I, sometimes that even gives you the encouragement to keep on doing what you need to do. Now, I'll never forget, I think one time we went to get Taco Bell, I can't remember this night, man, but it was one of those situations, man. This man would just listen to me, man. I'm like, man, someone sees my vision. So, yeah, just wanted Absolutely. to interject into what you're talking about. So, go ahead, man. Absolutely. I, I'll always listen, regardless of whatever it is that I think, because I, I sometimes, you know, my own <laughs> thoughts my own thoughts can trip me up. See, yeah. the, the problem is, is though, when I look back, okay, I listened, but now I see what kind of fruit that it bore for you. So then sometimes now right. I'm at a point where I go, dang, mm. I actually wish that I applied it. I actually wish that I, That's deep. I, I had, I had that ability to then like change my mind. Because as you know, I think it, it I was going through some things, you know, I've been going through things, you know, way before that. I got a story um, and I was going through some things at that time. I think I wasn't 
I don't think I was with a bad crowd, but I just don't think I was with the right crowd. So I was doing things to where <laughs> I think my whole vision was cloudy. And I didn't have any, like, sense yeah. of purpose other than, like, I was thinking about, okay, I know where I come from, and I know that I don't want to go back to it, so I'm going to look out for me, and I want to get out of here and try to, you know, right. get my resume and do a BSCF video and try to blow that up and then put that on my resume and, and try to, right. try to you know, boost me up, you know, boost me up and, and then right. try to boost <laughs> other people up, you know, and I don't think it worked out as well as, as, as what I thought as opposed to if I was thinking – Yo, okay, I wanna I wanna boost this up for this particular reason because like they need it. Like these people, these people deserve right. it. Um I think that right. I think that I, I regret that. Um but I'm glad that you know I was telling Elton uh I'm 31 and I'm realizing now what some people don't ever realize. Mm, that is so true. That's true. Um, and, and you know That's what true. I mean? They never get started in, in, in a life that could be well lived or lived to the fullest. That's mm -hmm. a sad reality. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, man. It's important. It's so and important. what purpose? And, 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 can, I, can I just say this? Um, even to our listeners out there, we got to remember the whole purpose of our, um, well, I, I hate to sound redundant, but the whole thesis or the essence of our purpose, that's a, probably a better way to put it, is to serve. And, and, and when people start to get that is when you serve others, you'd be surprised how f much fuller your life becomes. I mean, I can tell you how much, I mean, me and Kofi, we go way back like Cadillac seats. I mean, just four or for five, sure, no, for sure, six years ago. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to say <laughs> is the amount of service we have done in just that short period of time yeah. We can say, man, we always look back and just laugh and said, man, those were the days. And it's still those days because even now we're still serving. Even now. We're still, we, we, oh, we yeah, all man. started from, the, 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 you know, the, the breeding grounds of Walla Walla, man, where they create, they, they, they enter, to, enter to learn, depart to serve. I definitely agree. I definitely agree with everything that's going on. And, you know, I think the one thing I respect about college and just speaking a little bit about the importance of going to college and just getting an education, the people that you meet. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget, especially with Elton, you know, I know, obviously we were roommates, so we shared a lot of moments together, but it was just those conversations we have sometimes, man. We're like, we want to be doing this and that in the next five, and we'll stay up like all night just yes. talking about it. And, sometimes early in the morning, man, and we still got to get to exam. <laughs> exactly, yes, man. we were just going in. So we were we were more than roommates. We were like brothers, and we still are brothers to this day, obviously. Yes, and the same with Chris, man. Cause I'll, I'll never forget. I was like, "Yo, we gotta make BSCF epic, man. Yo, we yeah, gotta do this yeah, crazy man. video." And obviously, what I tested in the beginning, you know, we put that video together. So yeah. you know, all of us, whether the vis our vision or you know reorganizing that vision came later on, we've always kind of had that, and it's always good to meet like-minded people because you know, if we all have vision, eventually we we'll all come back together. Absolutely. That's right. That's right. Around. What has it been? A few years down the road, and here we are. Yeah. And guess what? We're doing even greater things, you know. You know, um, Kofi, you know, let, let's talk about you, 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 you're not only serving domestically, but you have done a lot of good work internationally. And that's a section I definitely want our, our listeners to hear. 
you know, because the truth is when you find your purpose, you'll be surprised not only do your reputation uh, precede you, but your work will carry you around the world, especially in the, in, in, under the, um, the flag of service. And we have seen many examples of this throughout time and history when you are serving others, Mother Teresa. Man, she, she, she has dined and, right. and met so many great people. Martin Luther King Jr., Many people have have seek his counsel. You could look at the Dom, um, the da, the Dalai Lama, or you Dalai guys Lama. know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but right, the point I'm trying to say is when you when you put the perspective of your purpose in the right direction, which is, hey, my purpose is, hey, I'm good at storytelling. How can I um, make others' life better through my storytelling? You'll be surprised how far you will go and how far people come to just seek out your skills and talent. So, um, Kofi, tell us about how you got started with your nonprofit organization. For sure. The experience is it's a roller coaster in a way, and it really started again at Walla Walla University, believe it or not. Um, yep, I still remember that. <laughs> Dr. Pedrita Maynard Reed, and I'll, I'll always say his name during this uh, podcast, my godfather, my man right there, he had a the mission trip that he used to do annually. P-Man, P-Man, that's do. right. He, he used to have a mission trip. <laughs> yeah, Thailand. It's still going strong. Yeah. It's like more than, I think, close to 20 years now, probably, or yeah. something of that nature. Yeah, but, it, it's over 20 years. You're probably right, yeah. Yeah, probably somewhere there. But in 2011, and I know Elton, you ended up going on this trip, so you can attest to how great those trips were. We yeah, went in 2011 with him. No, no, 2016. Right, yep. Oh, you went in 2016. Okay, after I left Walla Walla, right? So right. mine was after my first year, my, my good friend, my best friend, actually, uh, Omar Costanza, shout out to you tuning in. He was like, look, you got to definitely make sure that you come on this mission trip with me. I was like, mission trip? I don't know if I can really do something like that. I don't got the money. He was like, bro, Thailand's going to be nice, serious. And at that time, myself and Pedro, we, we knew each other. This was the year before I got into BSEF, but it wasn't like, you know, nothing out of the extraordinary. So I went and attended the info session. I was like, ah, I don't know. So that summer, 2011, I decided to stay and work and see if I could raise some, get some money. God was so good. I ended up going on the trip, and it was a cool experience. Yes. So I came back. My brother, 2012, so this was 2012, yes, 2012, my brother was going to Kenya. So literally five days, he was going to do mission work there for the first time. Because my brother originally wanted to take a year off, and my parents were not let. And just to let the listeners know, my brother's a pastor, an associate pastor in Cincinnati. Uh, his name is Kojo Tomasi. So recently he too, right? wanted he to take a year off. The position very very recent yeah. yeah actually this this month early this month he got that position now so he's in cincinnati pastor but he wanted yeah. to take he went to oakwood and he wanted to take a year off and my father was like you can't take a year off you know over there in oakwood that's something called nash where you could do that and my father was like no i don't want you to take a year off so you know what instead i'm gonna send you on a short-term mission so he got the opportunity my father was going to send him to kenya but literally coming back to this five days before the trip he called me while at wild wild and usually, you know, when you're in the East Coast, you don't really go home like that because to buy a plane ticket, that's way too much money. So I, and Elton can attest to this, we will stay there throughout December. So yeah. five days before he said, Kofi, I want you to come with me to Kenya. I was like, bro, 
I don't got the money. I don't even got the money to come back home to New York. How am I going to go to Kenya? And the ticket is like fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred. You're like, man, that, that's what I'm saying. So I was like, wow, okay. Uh, let me pray about it. You're like, yo, God already told me. You know, when you get given a like God already told me. He told me. I think he was scared. I think he was probably scared. I don't know. I don't know. So I was like, okay, let me pray about it. So immediately right there, you know, and at Wally University, I was so great to, so good to know all the different professors that were there. And that attests to the environment we're in, that professors are willing to hang out with you, kick it with you, invite you to their homes. So luckily, I knew a lot of these professors. Some of them, I took classes with them. Some of them was just from meeting them at, at the potlucks at the U-turn. Elton Christie, I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, meeting oh, them yeah. in the community. Yeah. So I decided to literally send out an email to some of the professors out there. I just sent it out. I was kind of scared because I'm like, man, no one wants to ever get rejected and look ridiculous. So I sent yeah. these emails out. Lord and behold, man, several people um, hit me back up from the campus and were like, we, we ready to give you money. So people gave me 300 200 Wow. Um, $100, 50 Kept going. Kept going. You know what I'm saying? Um, and God is so good. In those four or five days before the trip, my brother and I, we raised about $5,000. And I ended up going to Kenya, and that was the birth of our nonprofit organization. We decided wow. after the trip, we were like, we need to start our own organizations. And it even goes a little bit deeper in the fact that, you know, obviously I'm Ghanaian, and I'm in a huge Ghanaian society. So I'm part of like the second, third, the second generation of Ghanaians that were born here, because obviously most of them came during the 80s, like my father and them. So we kind of have our own Ghanaian Adventist Association. So there's about 30 Ghanaian churches, a little bit over 30 Ghanaian churches in North America. And a lot of these people need role models and things of that nature. And we were like, you know what? Why don't we create an organization where we can do missions and people who are interested in going out to serve, you know, whatever background you're from, you can do this. So at that moment, when we came back, we decided to put the organization together and that became what we call today Mission Driven Purpose. And we've been doing it um, six years strong to this day. We started in 2013, I believe. Wow. And we registered, made it a 501c3, and we got it cool. going on. Oh, and through, yeah, man, through that time, we had baptized now, for, now, hold, over hold 700 on. people. For those, for those that don't know, what, what, t- tell us what a 501c3 is. Yeah, that's a good question right yeah, there. So 501c3. And uh, the best way, the best way I can tell everybody is you don't get taxed. <laughs> mm-hmm. What it is, it's a nonprofit, <laughs> right? So when it comes down to taxes, you can write a lot of things off. But especially it's a 501c3, which means that it's a charity um, form of, it's, chari- it's a charity that's recognized under the IRS. Mm-hmm. So when you have this under your organization, you're considered what we call a nonprofit, which means that your organization um is not looking to necessarily make profit, but if they're doing charitable um, acts and gifts and that kind of thing. So, yeah, 501c3 is something that if you're having a nonprofit, you look into because if people are going to donate to your organization and you don't have a 501c3, people cannot get what we call tax deductibles, which means that people, when they donate to your organization, they can claim it on their taxes so that they can get the money back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the 501c3. That's why we wanted to make sure that we set that up. And I'll never forget, 
Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, never I, I really learned that from this one professor at Walla Walla. What was his name? Um, Elton. We took a class for him. I think we took a fundraising class. You remember his yes, name? Yes, Dr. Uh, David Bullock. Dr. David Bullock. Yes, yes. Legend. Yes. He's he now retired, life. enjoying his life, man. Yeah. Big ups. <laughs> Legend. Yeah, I, I actually didn't know him my whole time there, but I really got to know him towards the end of Walla. And this this whole conversation really comes back to what Walla Walla established for me. So he really helped me, you know, understand what a 5123, how you need a board of directors and, you yeah. know, all these different kinds of things to fundraise money. So that's how we set it up. We set up the 501c3. And that's how we're able to get donations. We're able to get funds. So every year we raise about over $10,000 for the organization. And just some quick highlights, and then I'll allow you all to um, ask me questions about this and detailed questions. Um, literally every single year, um, we always try to do a project when we go out there. So usually we go to Ghana. This past year we were in Kenya. So on the big projects we've done, we have done a partial construction of a church building. We have also constructed wow. two water wells. Um, wow. every place that we go and evangelize, we set up a church. So most of the churches wow. are named after the themes of our evangelistic campaign, which is living with hope. So if you go out to Ghana, just ask for a living with hope SDA church. We will be the ones that establish that as well. We also have, we've also become bigger as well in the fact that we have a sister branch in Ghana. So we have a Ghana mission driven purpose team. So that's pretty wow. cool. Um, we also sponsor um, some of our leaders down there to take care of the churches. Another thing that we've also done, we've also opened up a profit aspect of our organization as well, where we are doing this to empower people. So we recently had a couple of conferences that we organized. And all of these things are just to empower people, educate them. And as a way of us is, you know, young people out there just trying to get back to the community. Because I think Martin Luther King once said it, said it in this best way possible and this is the I live by life's most persistent question is what are you going to do for others and that's why we set this up wow isn't that the truth beautiful I love you it know, it's, it's amazing indeed. how all of that started with the want to take off a year from school isn't that amazing that's crazy yeah yeah and, and you well, know how many how many people like you know I, I as you go through so many stories of great people who have started organizations that is well known to this day, it all started like Steve Jobs. He took a year from um, from school. I think I'm not too familiar with his story, but he went to India and he said that is where the birth of simple simplicity and how he um, infused it in what we know today as Apple, you know, and all that you know right. inspired from right. just taking a break. You know what I mean? Absolutely. All right. And see, here's the thing that makes yeah. this whole this whole process great is you're not even you're not even done with school yet. You're close, but you're not, and you've been doing it since school. Um, this was not something that you kind of put off to the side and said, "All right, look, I do. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this whole thing a disservice if I try to handle school and I try to do this or whatever." Like you let your faith, you let. Um, your family and your community influences determine mainly your faith, but basically the, all of those factors determine into what, what it was you were going to do. And, you know, now you're five, six years in 
and you know you've been just basically going at it at your pace you know and, and just taking it step by step you know regardless of the busyness regardless of what am I going to do because there's no money regardless of those those setbacks those are not some that's not something that stopped you and I don't think that a lot of people can attest to that um, and so what I want to know it kind of drives me into my next question is living those like how you were living in those times and how you're living today knowing that there's people now at this point that rely on you how does that keep you you know right. motivated for sure that's a, that's a great question you know because of, of the amount of work we've done a lot of people rely on us and that kind of keeps us on our toes because especially when you become more when you're out there a bit in the spotlight, you have to be careful with the things you do, your actions, um, and you also have to get work done efficiently as well. And one of the things I really learned, especially when people rely on you, how do you get all this done is productivity. I'll never forget. And, you know, everything comes back to our law university. Also, you might probably remember this. I'll never forget. They had a speaker. They used to do something on Tuesdays. What was that called on Tuesdays? Um, it was called community. It was chapel. Community, community, right, right, right. AKA Chapel for years. I don't know if it's Chapel. It changed, yeah, they changed it to community. It's, it's kind of the same thing, but yeah, it's it's basically yeah, when yeah. the whole school gather in the um in in the auditorium or the church, and they just listen to a guest speaker from the community or local wherever. But yeah, go ahead, man. Right, right. So I'll never forget. So for community, they had the speaker. I think Emily was in charge of that time. That was my final year. I was getting out of there. She brought a guy who came and talked in productivity. And you know, oh, this that. person really talked about, you remember that, right? He, yeah. I thought he was a phenomenal speaker. And he really inspired me that day. You know, he talked about how he's able to get a lot of things done, even with the limited time that he has. And that is the one thing I applaud. I was like, if I'm going to do all these initiatives, eventually, as Chris, you, you asked, people are going to rely on you. You know, out, wherever you, you do your work at, people rely on you because obviously you have to keep on growing. So it was really prioritizing our schedule, um, prioritizing the actions that we take. Because obviously today some opportunities come our way that we can't do it because obviously people are going to rely on you. And if you're not able to deliver, that's going to be an embarrassment to your organization and also to your personal brand. So really it was prioritizing, um, being more productive and being more efficient about what we do. And it's just fueled by the dream. We just had this dream. You know, when we started our organization, uh, we had no money, no resources, no building, but we had this dream. We lived the dream. We breathed the dream. We refreshed the dream. We ate the dream. We slept the dream. And boom, God was so good. This dream came about. And um, yeah. we always have to understand that with this dream, people are going to rely on us. So we just need to work better and work more efficiently. And that's key. You know, I, I kind of want to cut in oh, right there. That's that's key. And, and um, I know Elton, you you, you had something, but this is a perfect. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's all right. Um, but yeah, you had this dream. Um, and what I want to know is is how. All right. So to achieve this dream, did you decide right. that you were going to work on it bit by bit, little small victories here and there, or were you? focused on you know what let's get everything in line let's get everything together we want this good to be perfect and then we'll execute like how did you how did you approach that 
Yeah, we went in victory by victory. We started we started really small. Um, and I'll say this back back then, eighteen nineteen, you're really so ambitious, and that's something I still am to today. And it's a uh, it can be a complex, meaning that sometimes it can be good for you and it can hurt you. Because um, some people have some great stuff, but they want to wait until they have everything together before they fully launch it. And, and that's good, but sometimes th- that will take people 20, 30 years before they feel like they're in that comfortable space. But one thing I'm always reminded about in life is that the greater um, the risk, the greater the reward. So that's something that I kind of applaud, and we just took victory by victory. So I remember when we first started out, we didn't even have, like, a business plan. We were like, we just want to do missions. So we did it, okay. We went on the field and realized, okay, in order to even – we got a victory of doing the trip, but in order to do much more, this is what we need to do. You know, so right. for us, it was a learning experience. We didn't, I didn't know nothing about running a nonprofit. We just wanted to do missions. As soon as we did the missions, we saw the victories there, but we saw some L's that we also took. We came back around, and we were like, we're going to change this up. So for us, it was the small things. But we understood that if we don't start from somewhere, we're never, ever going to get to our destination. That's how we saw it. And um, also, one thing was just being really persistent about your dream. Um, a lot of people have dreams, but they're just afraid to launch out into the deep waters because, you know, yeah. people might not believe in them, you know, and, and mm-hmm. this comes back to, I remember Chris, Chris and I, and even, even with Elton, but a specific moment with Chris, I'll talk about, I remember for BSCF, man, I had this huge dream. I'm like, oh, we're going to do this. And God is so good. A lot, a lot of the stuff we did accomplish it, but it was really, you had people that, even if they didn't believe you, but at least they told you in your in your face they believed you, that was all I needed. So for us, it was just the small little victories. Because I think it's who, Miles Monroe, who once said, you know, the graveyard is the richest place on this earth because it's there where you find all the hopes and the dreams that were never fulfilled. You know, people yeah. have these dreams, but they never fulfilled those dreams. Why? Because they were too afraid to live it. And guess what? All these dreams went with them into the grave, right? All the books that were never read, all the songs that were never sung, all the inventions that were never shared, all the cures that were never discovered, all because someone was afraid to take the first step. And for us, mm. we're going to take baby steps, baby steps, and gain the victories. Uh-huh. Woo. Woo. And, you know, and Man, I probably pay devil's advocate a little bit because... I can attest to it in terms of just some insecurities. I don't come from a community where I think that if I make a big decision, because one thing that you had said, right, if you don't make a, uh, basically how you said it, if you don't make a big choice, a big choice is equal big rewards, right? But it could, it's potential. And also big choices could equal big losses. That's a potential. And I think that there are, right. there are definitely two types of people. Either you're focused on the reward or you're going to focus on the losses. And if you're somebody that focuses on the losses, mm-hmm. it takes about one loss to be out of the game. Like, oop, I'm done. I remember right. I was, in, you know, right. little, really basic scenario, but I don't like losing money. I was given $5. I just showed up into a casino. They gave me $5. I lost 13 I said, oh, I'm out. All right. Now, I could have kept going. The odds, <laughs> the odds of me winning anything, I probably would have gone bankrupt, and I would have took a big out. <laughs> and I got nobody. Yeah. I got. I don't have anybody that's going to be like, yeah, yeah, let me just return your savings. No problem. We're going we're gonna to make sure that that's all right back where you started, and thanks for playing. No, that's, that, that, that's not going to happen. So uh, 
you know, I really want to kind of delve into that a little bit. Like, what do you think really determines in terms of where your mindset, your head is at? When when you saw that, you know, do, do you naturally jump to, I don't have, I don't have the money, I, this can't be done, you know, and you're automatically discouraged or, you know, if, do you understand? I, I guess I don't really know how I'm trying to answer, ask the question, but do you understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I think I got it. I think I got it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I got it. How do you still get it done? Um, how do you still get it? Yeah, with all the, how do you still get it with all, the, with all the junk that's going on in, in your head? It... Right. Or maybe, or maybe, uh, no, maybe you're the type of have... person that doesn't. <laughs> maybe you're not uh, wired that way. For me, it's, it's yeah, for me, um, I'm not kind of wired that way. And But luckily, I'm on a team where you have people with different personalities, and sometimes they can also check you a bit. You know what I'm saying? And, and the same thing with your friendship network. I know myself and Elton, man, we would stay up all night. You know, sometimes he would check me on my dream, like, yo, maybe take this angle first. You know what I'm saying? And vice versa, I also do the same to him. So mm-hmm. it was really, for me, surrounded with like-minded individuals. You know, people like, and like I said, Elton's my brother. So, like, man, we've been through the trenches. We've been through war and everything. And, you know... Mm-hmm. It was just great having that kind of support system where you have yeah. people who are like-minded. And this spe- this speaks to a lot of people who want to go out there and venture to the deep waters. When you're around people who are like-minded like you, it really helps you um, get your dream out there. So for me, you know, the risks uh, are definitely always going to be high. But, you know, it's, it's one life to live. You know, for me, it's, if I fail, I fail. But I'm going to pick myself up and do it again. I think it's what Abraham Lincoln who ran for president so many times, but he never gave up. And today he's considered one of the greatest presidents in our history all because he never gave up. And, um, and even today, right, Colin Kaepernick, I love that Nike commercial that he put out there. Yeah. With he said, what, what do you say, Elton? If people say your dreams are crazy, if they laugh at what they think you could do, stay that way. Because what non-believers fail to understand that calling a dream crazy is not an insult. It's a compliment. And that's how mm-hmm. I look at it. So, yeah. All the things that surrounded in my head, because a lot of people get bogged down by analysis, by paralysis, right? Uh, they analyze the situation so much that they become paralyzed by it, and they're not able to live out their dream. And for me, it's just not the truth. go out there, get it going. Yeah. I, it was, you know, you know I, 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 like remember the, I remember, I remember, oh, go ahead, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was giving credit to you all, I was giving credit to you all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I remember reading this book called The Greatest Salesman in the World by Ogman Dingo. Oh, man, oh, man, I forgot this guy's name. But he did make a statement. He said, failure is your comrade. And many people probably do not understand what that means. He said, when failure happened, many times people just throw in the towel. And it's the easiest thing to do. But what sure. failure really shows you is, okay, you tried it this way, but there's other options. And trust me, you can glean from those failure and, show, and, and use what did work and leave what didn't work and then apply it to the next, the next try. You know, I mean, look at this. I mean, I, I bring this example up more than once, but it's so relevant to many, you know, um, of these examples here. But if you look at um, Colonel Sanders, um, the, the guy who we know for KFC, <laughs> this guy had so many failures lined up. It's like, how in the world he ever, and it took him all his life. And guess what? Today, his brand is known worldwide. 
for one recipe, right. one recipe that he worked so hard on. Right. You know, yeah. even though Thomas Edison get you know the, the the credit, even though we all know, well, many of us don't know it was actually a black guy who he got that inspiration from, who actually did invent the light bulb. But anyway, we'll just you know say for now it's Thomas Edison. But today, but but we all know how many times he got it wrong. You see what I'm saying? He got the, the, the before we know what today is the the hydrogen light bulb. The guy, I mean, he used so many different, and he got it wrong, but he never gave up. And you know, hey, sometimes you gotta break the rules too, cause he stole from another guy. But anyway, hey, that's a story for another time. <laughs> but what I love, I, mean, I just want to touch oh, on man. what uh, Kofi, what you said is it basically. I think relationships is important for you, and it's important for me too. Um, I've always stressed that uh, the company you keep definitely determines your success. Yeah, that's true. For sure, mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. And I was actually just on the phone with my uncle. He he runs a business out in uh, Portland, Oregon. And I was talking, oh, he was man. talking to me a little bit about just kind of things going on in his business where he was feeling, you know, a little bit stuck, like it can be tough. And we're kind of discussing different options of things he could branch into and and he was like, well, that'd be nice, you know, but I would have to have a team. And oftentimes I'm the only one that's ready to front, you know, whether it be money or whether it be action. Um, and I think that that's a that's a really tough thing to, to pull together. I think even Elton and I are trying to figure this some of these things out. We do need a team and we need a team of people of like minded people that believe in a cause and I wonder if you have any thoughts on, you know, how do you find that people? If you haven't, how do you inspire people around you to become those people? For sure. Um, for me, that's a great question. And that's something that uh, when I was trying, and this comes back to Wawa again, I don't know how many times I'm going to reference it, but that shows how much of Wawa was um, good to me. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget when I wanted to become BSC president, I reached out. Yeah, I reached out to a bunch of people, and this this one person I reached out to, um, he had a brand name called Von DeHart. Um, oh, remember his name? Roy I can't Lynn. remember right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Royal and Palmer, Roy right? Yeah, Royal and Palmer. That's right. Yeah. So I remember. I never forget. I had never met him before, but I heard people around on campus say, "Man, he was one of the best OPS president." And OPS for those who are listening, you know that is. Omicron P Sigma, something like that. Omicron oh, fraternity. Those were the golden years. Those were the golden years. Uh, so he was one of the best presidents to do it. And for me, one of my things is that I'm never afraid to reach out to people. If I don't know something, I'm going to reach out to you. How you did it, you know, just like how y'all doing the podcast. I'm trying to do the same. So you know, I've been talking to Elton about how you all have gone about it. So I decided to reach out to him, and I was like, I want to put a team together. And how do I do that? And, you know, this is what he told me. He told me that for his team for OPS, this is the fraternity on the Wild Wild University campus, he put a team of people that did not know each other. And he said that he put that kind of team together because people would be much more accountable. Now, obviously, that can go in two ways. But I thought it was a unique perspective, right? He put people together that did not know each other. But guess what? Because they don't know each other, they all have to put on their best A game to impress one another. And that's how he wow. put his team together. And yeah, and I thought and I thought that was interesting. And you know, I did take some of that advice and kind of try to incorporate people that I really didn't know, but obviously they can potentially produce. But what I wanted to do was that I want to make sure that 
I put a team together of like-minded individuals and also people who are also very different from you. That's a key thing because at the end of the day, I always feel like you need to have different perspectives. You need to have somebody who's probably not as optimistic as you, but can also, you know, see it in a different aspect. I think if you have all those different personalities, that helps your product even much more better. As long as those people are also willing to bend creatively and see what you're trying to do. And then also having the rules, right? If you're going to put a team together, you want to put a team together of people that, number one, uh, are open to ideas. So if you're coming into this team, we're creating a culture of openness, meaning that I want you to bring the crazy idea. It may not stick, but I want you to feel comfortable that you're going to be a part of this team where we're not going to laugh at that idea, but we're going to say, how can we take that idea and make it better? Another thing that I also, in, in putting a team together is um, learning also how to, you know, especially when you're first starting, especially with our organization, a lot of stuff, you know, I was kind of doing it on my own. So I, I was literally like learning, you know, how do you file your taxes? How do you do this and that? Yeah. So you kind of also have to be proactive in all these different areas so that when you're looking for people to be a part of your team, you kind of have some expertise and say, no, this guy will be the right kind of guy. Um, that I can surround myself with. So yeah, putting a team for me is is truly is truly difficult. But once you have people that I love Malcolm X, man, he he disagreed with you know obviously him and MLK had two different styles. And reading his book, the autobiography of Malcolm X, he said he said this about King. Initially, he didn't like King, but then he said you know we may not all agree. And this is in his speech called "The Ballad of the Bullet." Mm -hmm. We may not all agree, but we all want to get to the same destination. And that's the key thing. So if you put a team together, are they willing to get to the same destination? Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's powerful. That's deep, too. Imperative. You know, um, I, I always read this. You are the average of the friends you keep. You are like uh, you are the average of your most um, valued right. five friends. So if you hang out with, right. you know, the people who, who are not thinking on progressing or thinking on getting to that next level, chances are you, you're not going to go there. And, you know, time and time again, you know, study shows that if you you can change your life altogether if you just change certain key people, you know, who, who, who basically change the company you keep, basically. Yep. That's so imperative. Mm -hmm. So imperative. And... I would say I would stress on that just on a, on a personal memoir, but you know because I think I was in a scenario where I've definitely surrounded myself. Okay, let me let me start over. Let me let me start from the, from the top. I don't think I surrounded myself with with a certain group of people. I think that's all that I knew. So I flocked to it. You know what I mean. So when I heard or when I saw right. anything you know, contrary to that, or that maybe was better, I kind of was intimidated, I think, about it. I think I was a little intimidated. And and to this day, sometimes I still am. But now, because of the people that, you know, I've kind of let go and the people I've kind of adopted into my circle, now I'm, like, fueled by it. Like, it fuels me. It's like it's, it's, I wake up in the morning and I think, all right, how can I put my best self out there today for people? How can I how can I be my best me within this 24 hours that I have? You know, what what can I do? You know, and and I've been working on trying to start that off with prayer and I've been working on trying to really examine on the on the on the people that I on the on that I hang out with and and the the conversations that I have and and that in turn reflects the way that I think. And so now I'm like, you know, like right. training 
transforming into this new person. And I remember, you know, I don't know if you remember this, Kofi, but we, we actually talked almost into the wee hours of the morning because I came to you from oh, yeah. out of town and I said, hey, I want to link up with you. And I pretty much told you, you know. My yeah, I remember story. that. Uh-huh, yeah. We stayed up We stayed up a good while and I kind of told you my story and, and how things were changing in my life faith-wise and, and just relationship-wise and, yeah. and how I was thinking. And, and that's been a journey from, you know, that point until now. That's been, that's been a never-changing never journey. Like my life has never been the same just by the people now that I surround myself with and, and how that reflects, you know, who I am now as a person and, and maybe, maybe who I always was, but just, it never got drawn out. You know what I mean? And and so I can see, right. I can testify to that personally. I mean, it's a privilege knowing Chris Cook, man, and Kofi Chimacy, man, because I personally have grown a whole lot as an individual you know, and there's a lot more I can learn from you guys too. Cause I mean, the amount of talks like about patience, about learning of like, man, the amount of things I've gleaned from Chris, man, I, I can tell you, it has made me a better person. I can only speak to myself. And, you know, Kof, you know this, uh, you know, you know, time and time again, this guy will be like, bro, you gotta be smooth. <laughs> Yo, be smooth, easy, easy. You know, I, 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 you know, because life sometimes just drive you up a wall where you just wanna be like going a rant and just. But then you know, like the Bible says, you have to be what smart as a serpent, but harmless like a dove, man. You know, sting like a bee and float like a butterfly. You gotta be what. Yo, be smooth on the top, but rough like on on under, like a duck. Basically, the point I'm trying to say is, you you learn through you know the the experience of others and through your own. But the best is when you other you have the perfect team around you, just wanting the best for you, rooting for your success, and that's how you make it or break it. And you know that's to me, and and I always and you know I've I've told this to um Kofi and 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 Chris many times. The secret to success is networking the people who you meet interact with on a day-to-day basis because they control how you think you think positively with positive you know people you know you're just gonna get there and you'll be surprised because you may not know how to get there but those those folks who got there already rooting for you they want you to get there they're gonna help you get there Mm -hmm. you know and you know and, and the best part, how do you know you're in a good relationship, whether, you know, um, friendship or whatever is, you know, the Bible says, as iron sharpeneth iron, you know, that that's what a good friend does to one another. And I can say with myself, you guys have been some great iron men that beside me to definitely help keep us, uh, my, me sharp. You know what I mean? And I can definitely vouch and say, hey, God is good, man, that you guys were in my, are in my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I definitely feel the same. There's something I was thinking about, Kofi and, and Elton. How do you think you can go about finding those people? So what's a strategy? What are some things that for those people that are listening, what are some things that they can do to try to find like minded people? Mm, that's, 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 that's a good one. one. <laughs> what, what look at their habits look at their habits you will well, how do you know, know like, what because... i mean is how do you know who to look at though like because obviously we all know that if you come home from work right the only people you've exposed yourself are to people at work right and let's say that's not 
Maybe that's right. not the community that you need around you. So what do you do to go find that community? Because it's going to take you to get off the couch. It's going to take you to get up and do it. What can you do? Mm. Well, this is what I can say. Well, okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Cole. No, no, go ahead, Cole. Oh, you, you, you're on the floor. You sure? Okay. Yeah, one of the ways I see it is um, especially when you're in the workforce, things are a lot more different. You know, especially when you're in college, you know, you spend a lot of time around different people. So you kind of get to know who they are, what they're about, um, you know, the typical college drama and that kind of thing. But when you get out to the work, it's a lot different. And I can attest to this because we're, we're, you know, you, you two are both in the workforce, at least. Uh, I was in the workforce before I came into law school. I took a year off and I worked at Yelp. And my, my day was pretty much get up early in the morning, you know, New York City. Uh, everything's pretty far from you. I take the train. So I left like 5.30, got to work around 8, start at 8.30. I'm at work all day to 5.30. By the time I get back home, like 7, 8 o'clock, you're tired, you wiped out, you know. Where can you find these like-minded people at? And for me, one of the places where I, you can find like-minded people is your church. Um, I think those are some of the closest people to you that you can definitely have some same kind of worldviews that can shape, you know, whatever vision you're trying to get into. So, and this is not just for the advanced community. This is for any community that you're part of. Usually when you're around religious people at times, you have, because I always say religion, or no, not even, your supreme source of belief is something that's rooted in sometimes the many decisions that you make. So, mm-hmm. you know, going around these areas definitely helps. Aside from that, it's also joint associations. You know, especially when you're in the workforce and things of that nature, you have to be intentional about certain things. So you have to say, look, I need to join a society in my society, in my community where I can definitely meet like-minded individuals. So for us mm-hmm. as lawyers, you know, we have every state has its own bar association. That's where you can meet other um, lawyers, other first-year, um, you know, workers out there, people who are starting their own firms. You can go to these conferences and meet people. So in a way, you have to be intentional. Because when you go out get out there in the real world, it's a lot more different. You know, you're not around your friends 24-7, so you have to be intentional. So join associations, that's number one. Um, be involved in your community. A lot of people in your community have a lot of links and connects that they can get uh-huh. you to. And I've, and I've been a test of that. And join, um, I said church, um, community, and associations. Join those three. So whether you're a business major, you know, there's a business society there, join that, and you can meet people. Yeah. Yep. And also today they're also very creative too. There's social media avenues where you can also meet like minded people. Oh yeah. I also think speaking of that, that's a business that's a business idea. You know, that's something, you know, if we want any of us want to explore that, we can explore how to meet like minded individuals, you know. So Yeah, well there's something kind of similar to it. I think it's called like meet.com. And so they have various categories of like activities that you can do and then you can um, get a schedule of when these events are going to happen and then you can show up. So it might be like, um, you know, for those who are not Adventists, you know, you might go to the bar or whatever. There's a lot of weird things on this site, but there's also right. a lot of good things on it too, where it's like, I wouldn't say the bar is weird, but I mean, there's like other things that were kind of weird that I'm, I don't, I'm not going to talk about, but um, like there was some good <laughs> things too, some like healthy things. Like, so maybe it was like cooking classes or maybe it was like, um, you know, right. people who were going to go for walks and, and talk about their health or um, people who just wanting to meet up and just develop relationships, period, because they were new in town. Um, 
But I like that idea too. I like that idea in terms of developing, in terms of just like, okay, you want to build something, you want people to build it with, like maybe it could right. be a site where it's like, okay, let's narrow it in a little bit instead of being so broad. So I, I think that's definitely a good Can idea. I add something? Oh. Can I add something to that? Um, one of the ways you can find like-minded people is, you know, for those who are probably not into the religious, you know, circles or bubble, Definitely, you can get involved in your community through Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts. Those are, um, you know, organizations that are made to help develop because the more you're, you're, you're sharing something, the more you'll be surprised how you discover not only, you know, people who are like-minded, but you grow and you can get some ideas that can help you, you know, get, you know, basically your passion, you know, in a broader spectrum. Not only that, you know, you, you see many times, you know, you, you, you get motivation through problems. And I know many, like, many great people saw a problem in their community. And because nobody was doing something about it, they took it upon themselves. And be, you'll be surprised how they found like-minded people who just didn't know where to start. But as they took initiative, they, they end up, you know, rallying under one cause. So sometimes it just takes a spark to get the fire going. And you can be that spark. And, you know, you may not know how. But you just, just you, you know, you see people are hungry. You know, this, you have heard this story time and time again. I saw people hungry because I know what it's like to be hungry. So I just went out and cooked up one pot of soup, and I just went out and feed. Next, you know, people start giving, donating, and before you know it, it's it, 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 it's a big, big organization. So, you know, sometimes it just takes you. And can one individual change the role? Oh, yes, he or she can. And I honestly believe that. Don't you don't have to wait on someone to, to do it. Sometimes it just takes you doing it. Just gotta start. Uh, gotta, you know, like Kofi uh, said, you gotta be intentional, you know, have a plan and start doing some start doing some research in your local area. I mean, there's tons of things going around going on, you know, around your community. Tons of good things, you know, that just you don't know the type of people that you're going to meet. You don't know the type of opportunities that you're going to have and what kind of life-changing experiences will happen for you if you just simply say, you know what, today I'm going to do something different. Today I'm going to, to be a part of this and just just try, you know what I mean? Knock it out one by one. Not everything is going to work. Yep. No, it's not going to work. Uh, perfectly, or it, you may not, you know, like certain things that you come across, but you got to try, and then you know, process of elimination, figure out what that is for you that you know mm -hmm. you want to get started on. Yep. Cool. Yep. Well, you guys, it's about, you know, we're about an hour and a half in, and I don't, I don't necessarily want to quit yet, but Ooh. I think we should start coming to a, a nice point of transition and. I really just want to ask, you know, Kofi, we've gotten to learn about, you know, the ministry and a little bit about, you know, what it took, you know, to get that started. You've got yourself, you know, you're working on getting yourself a team together and you've been going at it five, six years strong. And, you know, um, really, you know, your faith has been a big part in terms of what drives you in that. And, you know, the same thing, how you can also use your skills uh, your leadership skills and then your skills as a lawyer to then benefit, you know, mission-driven purpose 
And, uh, you know, what, what's next for you, man? Sure. Um, obviously, I'm graduating in the next three months. So I'll be taking the bar in July. And after I take the bar in July, and God is so good to me, I will be um, practicing as an attorney. Some goals Ooh. in the future-wise, I'm trying, I'm trying to work um, in either a prosecutor's office or if things go so well. Um, a friend of mine are trying to connect and establish our own kind of law firm. So we kind of, you know, just taking that jungle mentality, guerrilla mentality mode and just going full force out there. So those are a couple of things I'm looking to do. And then, you know, one of the things I always want to do is get into the media game. I remember I used to tell Elton, man, all these people on YouTube just they had a camera uh-huh. now they making millions of dollars. You know what I'm saying? So yes, one of the sir. things um, I'm also trying to get into is um, into the media world. So I'm trying to create a podcast like you all are doing. Uh, I'm trying to create a YouTube channel as well, um, produce some content. So those are some things I'm, I'm working with on my team. I'm also trying to work on my own self-branding. I do speaking gigs, so we kind of want to organize that a little bit better, have a site going out for me, um, have a coaching program that we're also doing So with our organization. We put on a conference called Monetizing Skills, and you know I'll take this quick opportunity to talk about how one yeah. can get access to it. We put we put together this program, which is um, geared towards how one can take an ordinary skill and monetize it. So whether you like to write, whether you like to YouTube, whether you like to vlog, blog, whatever skill that you have, we put this conference together with a person by the name Pastor R. L. Chance and a CEO of his own company called Strategic Secrets. And he also wrote a book called Monetizing Skills. And another person by the name of Kwame Frimpong, he's also a CEO. And he recently just inked a $60 million deal as a cousin of mine. Um, those two individuals, we all came together and network and put this conference together. And we had a good turnout. We had people, we sold tickets. So this was our first paid conference. So people actually have to pay for this. And we sold a good amount of tickets. We made some revenue. But the whole thing is that we were able to empower people out to take their ordinary skill and monetize it. And, you know, I'll just go on a, on a quick um, detour real quick. You know, a lot of people think money is a bad thing. But, you know, we want to correct that notion of our comment that money is not necessarily a bad thing. Money is neutral, right? It's people who are good or bad that can turn money into a bad thing. So, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong because you need money to feed the hungry. You need money... Um, you know, to feed the poor, all these different things. So we wanted to teach you how to do that. This is a conference we put together. It's online. Um, hopefully, you know, when we all do this podcast, the link could be a part of that. But I'll say it here as well. Monetizeyourskills.eventbrite.com. Nice. Essentially, you can buy a ticket there, and you can get online. We had a professional who streamed the event. You can go on YouTube and check out the highlight video. You can get access to all the resources and all the content. And because of that, we have had one person from that conference, uh, MikeEmpowers.com. He is an um, executive coach. He also publishes his own book through Amazon because Amazon does a cool, unique deal where, you can, where they publish your book for free. So anybody should take advantage of that. So he has his own book out. He has a coaching program he's trying to put together. And all of this was because of our conference. And then we had another girl who's also creating her own podcast, and she was inspired from our conference. So that's one of the things we've been doing, and I'm looking to engage much more in organizing conferences, maybe going on tours around here and there. So just keeping busy and um, really just trying to make a difference in the world that we live in today. 
Absolutely. And, you know, I want to stress for, for some of the listeners, too, that maybe are tuning in and just kind of hearing this content for the first time. And maybe maybe this something that there's a new perspective on this in terms of monetizing your skills is I want to stress the importance of like monetizing your skills to make more money. If that's the focus, that's and that's your focus, there's nothing wrong with that. Like we said, money in itself is not inherently bad. But how we get to use money in order to bless the people around us, that's huge. So I know for a fact that there are a lot of marriages, there are a lot of um, people out there who are, are, are slaves to their jobs, who you know are suffering because right. of that. some people they preach, have preach. they have skills who don't even know how to use those skills. Like so, to mm, invest come on, yourself man, come in a on. conference like this, investing yourself in a conference like this. But I think I saw the VIP tickets were about uh, 150. Was that is that about right? When I looked it up online, right, yes, right? I think about VIP was about 150. You know, you're gonna spend that in groceries. You know what I mean? And I understand that sometimes right. people are barely right. able to do that. They're sometimes barely able to do that. But if you don't, if you don't somehow get out there and put yourself in a situation where you're going to say, you know what, enough's enough. Like, I got to do something here because I want to bless people. I want I've got these skills or, or I don't know if I've got these skills, but I need to go figure something out. Like, you have to ignite something within you to finally say enough's enough. Like, I need to go get help i need to surround myself around dot 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 i need to do something different and so i think that's the huge impactful thing about this thing is it is that not you're not just affecting your bank account you're affecting everything to where maybe you can even have the freedom to breathe to start focusing on the Mm -hmm. things that matter your relationships or your you know you know, your faith with God and in, in, in the church. Like one thing I love about this, this particular thing that you're doing is that, you know, one thing I think that the church lacks in is the, the, um, the coaching skills needed to take some of these people within their church communities and help them find employment and, and, and empowerment in that employment. Because like, Sometimes, you know, you've got members coming to church, depending on the church. Like if you've noticed, like sometimes there's the rich church in the Seventh-day Adventist church, and then there's the not so rich church. And there's a vast difference on who goes which to which church. And I can speak that only just right here out in Spokane. You know what I'm saying? And so there's not enough. I don't think there's enough emphasis on helping some people who who maybe haven't gone to school or maybe who, who don't have the right connections or don't have the right community to, or don't understand about monetizing their own skills or what it takes. Like it's so important. And so I really hope that I'm, I'm stressing that importance of, of uh, what you're doing, Kofi. Yeah. So register for the conference, everything that Chris mentioned, like I said, this is to really make sure that you can take those ordinary skills monetize them and use it to impact the world around us so this is something that we invested our time and money towards it and uh by god's grace you know we have some great reviews and we plan on doing about two to three of those this year so um you know hopefully we can bring it to a city near you (laughs) absolutely yeah well it'd be great to actually have you out here uh in the northwest or maybe we we make a trip out to the east coast for sure, think, man. For sure. I think our it's, it's been too long since I've been out to the West. <laughs> mm, West Coast is the best coast. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, well, with that, man, um, we're, we're definitely going to need to get you back on the show. Kofi, I think the, this show was great. We need to get you back on the show. All right. Well, I got a couple of announcements. Um, guys, uh, you're going to want to stay tuned uh, for the next episode. It's going to be big. Uh, we're just getting better and better, guys. Uh, each conversation, we want to hear from you. We want to um, we want to know your story. We want to be able to answer any questions and direct you to, if you, if you have even questions for Kofi, we'll be able to link you guys up together and um, and get questions answered. Yes, yeah, so we want to hear from you guys. Uh, look us up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, we really want to get some some followers and. Um, if you're feeling inspired to do so, uh, hit us back with feedback, things that you'd like to hear about. So with that, uh, Kofi, uh, why don't you give us a little quick thought on uh, living a life with purpose, kind of, you know, uh, inspire the people, and we'll wrap up. No doubt. First and foremost, it was a pleasure hanging out with Alton Narcissus. And my man yeah, Chris, and it's, uh, it's a good reunion. We haven't chopped it up like this in a while, so I was glad that I was honored on this really special project that you all have embarked on the road to greatness. I know a lot of people are going to be inspired to also take on the road to greatness. So I appreciate you brothers for doing this. And just to really close it off quickly about purpose, I tell everyone in life, the whole thing to win in life is to know your purpose. If you want to win, know your purpose, and you're definitely going to get to that destination and believe in yourself. Ultimately, you know, people might discourage you, but as long as you believe in your purpose, believe in yourself and believe in your purpose, God will make it happen. So those are my parting words, and I appreciate the honor once again. Absolutely. And find people that believe in you. All right? That's right. All right, guys. Yes, well, thanks sir. for tuning in on the road to greatness. Until then, stay with the next episode. And that's it. We out. If it ain't the budget, don't do it this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm putting it on credit. I'm putting it on credit. <laughs> if it's not on the budget, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm on the road to greatness. Monetize the bills, but then don't the even think of it. The financial <laughs> budget. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Take it easy, fellas. All right, guys. Yes, sir. Signing off, man. Signing out. We'll see you next time on the road to greatness.